Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. And we did pass it unanimously in 2020. Is this the case with the old City Hall building? City Hall is actually in compliance there, believe it or not. If City Hall can do this, anybody uh, Which can also get. includes museums, libraries, school, um, hospitals. You should uh, do a, a lighting audit. Um, you should take a look at your HVAC. We are sending two kinds of notices to building owners. The first one says you are on the track to comply. Second one says you are not. Modeling ourselves after other hubs of resources in the United States that have been a great resource for these property owners to get in compliance. We can start to rebrand ourselves as a really uh, a forward-thinking community. I'm Sarah Fenske. In the coming weeks, building owners across St. Louis will receive letters from City Hall. The letters contain a warning they need to take seriously. The letters detail the new building energy performance standards going into effect in St. Louis. They tell buildings whether or not they're in compliance. And they warn if they're not in compliance soon, they could face big fines, $500 every day. These requirements are not just for new construction. Just about every building in St. Louis over 50,000 square feet will be affected. And now if that has you concerned, there is time to get into compliance. And there's also a new organization in town designed to help buildings do just that. And joining us now with more is Katerina Mikolova. She is the Interim Program Manager for the City's Office of Building Performance. Katerina, welcome. Thank you, Sarah. And we're also joined today by Kara Spencer. She is the alderwoman representing the city's uh, 20th ward. She was the runner-up in last spring's mayoral election, and she is the first director of the brand new Building Energy Exchange St. Louis. Kara Spencer, welcome. Thanks so much, Sarah. Thanks for having us. So, Kara, these new standards came from the city's board of aldermen that you're coincidentally a part of. Can you help us understand what inspired the effort to enshrine these into city ordinance? Sure. Look, the city of St. Louis passed building energy performance standards in 2020. Um, We are not the first city in the nation to take a look at this. uh, And uh, this is really a wave sweeping across the United States, uh, looking at making buildings perform more efficiently uh, is a way of addressing climate change very effectively. 40% of all greenhouse gas emissions nationwide come from our buildings, but in St. Louis, it's even greater. 80% of our greenhouse gas emissions here in St. Louis come from our buildings. And so addressing energy efficiency is one of the most uh, effective ways that St. Louis can start to tackle climate change. So there's some big goals with this, and yet it's something that it really does require a bit from, again, this is not just new construction. If people have these buildings, they're going to have to follow through on this. That's right. This is all buildings. And look, we're here to talk about energy efficiency, but I'd like to talk about it from an angle your listeners might might not be thinking about, and that's our population. You know, our last census came out very recently, and it was really, really depressing. We fell out of the top uh, top 20 metro areas for the first time. In St. Louis, our metro area is growing slower than all but three of the top 
50 metro areas in the United States. In order to succeed as a community, we've got to grow our population. We've got to at least keep up with national population statistics, and we're growing about a quarter of that. So in order to attract and appeal residents and employers to our region, we've got to appeal to what is important to them. And so these new standards, this is something the Board of Aldermen is putting in place or did put in place. It feels like there wasn't a huge uh, amount of publicity around them when they went into effect. I didn't really see much debate, which isn't like you guys. Well, we do debate. Um, and, you know, it, it is uh, not on, uh, it is not uh, atypical to cover some of the goofier aspects of our debates uh, because they certainly can get more interesting. And, you know, it's not uh, unusual for the Board of Aldermen to consider very important issues without a lot of debate and to spend a lot of time on talking about issues like voting while driving. Um, but, you know, we did debate this. We did talk about it in, in great detail, and we did pass it unanimously in 2020. Not a single no vote was cast on this bill. And so here we are. It was signed into law. And it is in effect as of right now. So, Katarina, there's some irony. This was actually the Board of Aldermen's first virtual meeting where they unanimously passed <laughs> these new standards. And now it's, I guess, two years later, we're getting to the point where the board is contemplating maybe coming back in person again. And you're beginning to roll out this program. Yes, so all that hard work started five years ago in the background with previous program manager Rajiv Ravalapati and building commissioner Frank Oswelt. Um, so we'll just continue what was already started. Um, our brand new office of building performance is under, under building division, and we just hired new staff, energy analyst, and uh, administrative help. So we, since 2018, we are collecting energy usage data from all building owners who own buildings over or equal to 50,000 square feet. So this is not something that's going to affect any individual homeowner. Um, unless you are, are there nice, homes that big in St. Louis? I guess a large I, mansion. Will Mark McCloskey be affected by this? I don't know. But for most St. Yes. Louis homeowners, we are nowhere near big no, enough to be no, affected we'll be by this. No, we'll be probably just uh, <laughs> large institutional, municipal, and multifamily buildings. And so you said um, you've been gathering data on yes. their energy usage. Is this something that these building owners are aware the city has, has been gathering information on? Yes. So building energy performance standards ordinance, which came into effect, um, requires uh, building owners since 2018 benchmark the data. Word benchmarking is widely used for in this instance, it means that building owners have to submit energy usage with water consumption for previous annual year to the city of St. Louis Office of Building Performance by May 1st. Okay, so people have been yes. turning this in. Yes, yes. And then what are you doing with this individual per building data? Yes, so we have around 1,000 cover buildings which they are supposed to require, which they, which they meet the requirements to report. Um, we exempt some buildings, uh, depends on the criteria they have. For example, if it's manufacturing facility, it doesn't fall into our program. So from 1,000 buildings over 50,000 square feet in the city, it's probably around 800 buildings which they're supposed to report. With uh, all the data, we put it all together and we look back and uh, Building Energy Improvement Board, which is a nine-member board appointed by the mayor of the city, set up buildings energy performance standards. So these standards were set from 2018 data and they were sent last year in 2021. And these data were set on 
local energy usage data, which building owners provided for, to us for past few years. Okay. Yeah. So before, so you know, before the energy performance standards came into effect, the city passed a benchmarking bill in 2017 that said, "Hey, all building owners, you got to submit your data to yeah. the city." Um, and building owners have been surprisingly compliant. Over 50 mm-hmm. percent mm-hmm. of our building owners have been submitting that data uh, willingly to the city of St. Louis. It's a building energy awareness uh, measure, and that's very popular in the United States, just to get a feel for what buildings are really consuming. And it was that data that's really driving this. So it's local data. Uh, and we have set the standards such that 65% of all buildings will have to do something to comply. And that sounds scary, but really the reality is most of these investments make a lot of financial sense uh, for the bottom line of the property owner. So they might have to do this to get in compliance with the program that, that Katarina is telling us about, but this should actually save them money down the road. This should save them a lot of money. Absolutely make the buildings healthier and perform better in a general sense. So it's really, really exciting, um, you know, to think about St. Louis becoming at the forefront of sustainability. What I was talking about earlier, thinking about our population loss, what's motivating people in a general sense. Um, And I think about uh, the top three things uh, on the minds of young people and climate change is on that list, uh, typically Mm -hmm. speaking. And if we can brand ourselves and remake ourselves a sustainable city, uh, we can really position St. Louis for the growth our community deserves and and really tackling energy usage of our buildings is the number one way that we can do that because of the high use of energy in our built environment here in St. Louis. I'm curious about the decision to exempt manufacturing buildings and I understand we certainly don't want to make this an unappealing place for manufacturers but I imagine their usage is is higher than the average office building. Katarina? Yes and that is true uh, but right now we are not tackling manufacturing for that reason uh, Biden-Harris they set new initiatives when it comes to manufacturing and building energy performance standards, but we are not there yet. Okay. Yes. So this is just the national direction at this yes. point. Let's deal with things like office yes. buildings first. Low hanging fruit. Yes. Okay. Yes. Also, they have to request exemption on annual basis. So we check on it annually, their business license and other supporting materials. So Kara, we're we, talking about... Oh, sorry, go ahead. And I'll just... I mean, you know, many manufacturing buildings are benchmarked and are included in this. There are some exemptions in there for some 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 level of that, but I just want to be clear that many of those do have uh, requirements in place. Okay. Uh, but some of our federal buildings and some, there are some exemptions for some of the other buildings, and that is pretty clear uh, on the benchmarking website. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about um, 800 buildings that, that fall under these new rules. 65% of them, Kara, you think may have to make changes in order to get into compliance. And so the these standards are set where some some buildings may already be doing just fine. That's right. Uh, many of our buildings are doing just fine. And surprisingly enough, many of the city's own buildings are performing at or below the standards, which is a great thing. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm actually shocked by this. Is uh, this the case with the old <laughs> City Hall building? That- city Hall is actually in compliance, Sarah, believe it or not. We are performing at 90%, 95% of the benchmark at City Hall. Okay. Um, you know, and that's a product of not being in a lot of the chamber and other areas. You know, believe it or not, the Board of Aldermen's chambers does not have central AC or AC at all and so I'm sure that helps, <laughs> that helps. Uh, but um, you know there's uh, but we are in compliance there in the city of St. Louis for many of our buildings and and actually I have to give the city some props we are taking actions to, to get uh, even more of our buildings in compliance using some of the tools you, you mentioned the building energy exchange and what we're what we really are is a hub of resources to help those building owners get in compliance 
pulling together all the financing options, all the ways in which the case studies and the tools you need to make those decisions. And St. Louis City is doing a great job in some regards and upgrading uh, its its uh, very, very old building stock. Okay, so the city itself is doing good. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to discuss what happens to those 65% who maybe aren't doing so good. Um, what kind of resources are there for them? What happens if they decide to just ignore this whole thing? Bury the letter coming from Katarina's office and hope it goes away. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. And now back to our conversation. We're talking about the city's brand new uh, building energy performance standards. They are now enshrined in law. Buildings still have a bit of time to comply. We're going to talk about what that looks like with our two expert guests. That's Kara Spencer, who's the director of the Building Energy Exchange in St. Louis and is there to help buildings get into compliance. And also Katerina Mikulova. She's the interim program manager for the city's new Office of Building Performance. So Katerina, we were talking before the break about how manufacturing buildings are handled in all this. Um, Just want to make sure we're giving people the right information. How is all that working? If a building focuses only on manufacturing, probably 100% of the building, they can apply for exemption on our website, stlbenchmarking.com, and that has to be done on an annual basis with supportive documentation, making sure that we have it all and they comply with that. If the building has mixed, mixed use space as offices and manufacturing, that it changes and depends on the percentage of occupancy. That makes sense. Yes. So if you have some manufacturing going on, you are not automatically exempt. You need to get this paperwork in. We heard from Tom on Twitter who writes, a manufacturer has a dollar incentive to be efficient with energy. They may be thinking about this already Mm -hmm. in ways that say your average office building isn't. Mm -hmm. We also got a question from Twitter. Will this also affect places like the St. Louis Public Library, the zoo, the art museum? Uh, Katerina, yes. Yes, yes, it does. Um, St. Louis have 23 property types, uh, which also includes museums, libraries, school, um, hospitals, warehouses. So yes, it is included. Okay. And the only real exemptions where it sounds like they don't even need to try to ask for it. Kara, you were saying federal buildings. Yeah, federal buildings and state buildings, but our city buildings, any of those other buildings, yep, this does apply. Mm -hmm. So this applies to a whole lot of people. And Katarina, you're getting ready to send out these letters. What are the gist of these letters that are going out to individual building owners? Yep. So we are sending letters, notices to comply to all building owners, which they are required to report to us. And the letter tells them that we are on the first compliance cycle. Building energy performance standards were set in 2018. And since May 2021 until May 2025, we are in the first compliance cycle. So we are first year into reporting data where it matters a lot. So we are sending two kinds of notices to building owners. The first one says 
you are on the track to comply. Second one says you are not on the track to comply. So that will give building owner notice uh, what is happening when it comes to energy usage. Also, they do have a time for next three years to or maintain or improve their energy usage. And so worst case scenario, say that I'm a building owner and I decide to handle this how sometimes I handle my library fines and license plate renewal and I just bury that letter, decide to do absolutely nothing and hope it goes away. Katarina, what is the stick on these new standards? Well, if there is a failure to comply, uh, there is, <laughs> which we don't really like to go that way, but if we have to, there is a daily fine up to $500, and also we can pull occupancy permits. So at that point, I can no longer have tenants in my building. Yes. yes. Okay, well, you have my attention. Yes. So that is the stick that you hope to not have to use, which, which brings us to some of the carrot. Um, Kara, this new building energy exchange, mm -hmm. can you tell us just how this got started? Sure, yeah. Look, the uh, the folks, the advocates who are really pushing for uh, this legislation uh, really came together uh, to put together this hub of resources. Uh, the USGBC, uh, Missouri Gateway Chapter, Washington University, Spire, Ameren, some of the Washington University, those major funders um, are helping to really uh, put together this hub of resources that, uh, that we're going to be launching later this week. And what we're doing is modeling ourselves after other hubs of resources in the United States that have been a great resource for these property owners to get in compliance. New York, D.C., we're launching alongside a sister organization in Kansas City to really provide the baseline of resources uh, that can help us get there. You call yourself a hub of resources. Right. What will that mean in practicality for somebody who's getting this letter and is going, okay, what do I do next? Right. Yeah. I mean, look, you have to pay for these things. So we're collecting all the ways and all the incentives, all the rebates, all the finance options. Uh, we're talking to bankers and banking institutions throughout the region to expand the ways in which people can fund these things. We're putting together case studies. Uh, we are looking at, um, you know, the best practices nationwide on how to, you know, where to start. And we're working with our professional organizations to really help drive some of the solutions that um, are very particular to the St. Louis housing and, and, and property uh, market. So is this going to come down to almost like a one-on-one -on -one counselor to help me get off the ledge? Or or is this more like, hey, we've got a lot of resources. Here's the clearinghouse. Yes, I mean, it's it's a little bit of both. So we're working towards that concierge type of one-on-one -on -one service uh, where we're going to be raising funds later this year to try to get some of that going. Uh, but, you know, there's some really easy low-hanging fruit uh, that we can talk through. And, and we have some great volunteer organizations that are coming to the table that want to help that are also, at the end of the day, maybe selling products, um, but uh, want to be at the forefront of really making uh, St. Louis a sustainable city for the for the growth of our community. Um, and, and I've been really, really impressed with uh, the amount of folks that are really invested in donating their time and their expertise uh, to this effort. So give me an example. Let's say I own a 75,000 square foot building and I get one of these letters. This, this letter tells me I am not in compliance. What might be a low hanging fruit kind of thing I could do to, to start getting into compliance? Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, you should uh, do a, a lighting audit. Um, you should take a look at your HVAC if it's sized appropriately. 
Um, there are a lot, and, you know, and there are incentives. If you are on gas, uh, Am- uh, Spire has, you know, uh, rebates for audits and that sort of thing. So going through all the ways in which you can uh, start to tackle your highest use of energy. Most buildings that are 50,000 square feet, or many of them, have systems in place. So taking a look at uh, the analytics behind it um, is a pretty easy process to start with. Uh, we're going to be putting out some questionnaires that can help building owners really hone in uh, based on the particulars of their systems that they've got in place on some of those uh, easy, easy low-hanging fruits. Katarina, it's interesting to think about what Kara said earlier about St. Louis City Hall actually being in compliance on this because, you know, this is kind of this big old building and there's so many big old buildings across St. Louis. And we might assume that it's impossible for them to get to a standard of energy efficiency in the way that new construction, this might be baked into it. These are designed to be attainable. Yep. And surprisingly, city-owned buildings perform better than private-owned buildings. And when it comes to City Hall, it's around 120 years old, over 300,000 square feet, and it's been performing very well. Um, On our site, energy use intensity, it has 60,000 British thermal units for the past year, mm-hmm. which is improvement from previous year, which was 66. Um, building energy performance standard for City Hall is 71 as office type of building. Hmm. So it's, it's pretty impressive, I would say. Uh, also, I know CD is doing ongoing um, improvement on, on all HVAC systems, uh, uh, which save us around 500000 a year mm-hmm. annually, when I'm, if I'm correct. And also payback time for these improvements is less than three years. A, hmm. a lot of times, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. uh, you know, I'll say that if City Hall can do this... <laughs> Anybody can get below <laughs> the standard. Um, you know, but uh, Katarina's right. You know, the city took out, uh, took advantage of one of the programs we're going to be talking about, a Missouri uh, low-interest loan uh, for some municipal buildings. And, and just a couple years ago, took out $1.4 million uh, loan to, to tackle four buildings, uh, some of their uh, system upgrades. And that investment of $1.4 million returned $435,000 in annual savings on the energy bills. So mm-hmm. the payback was less than three years. Uh, and now... Now uh, the city is just making that money, uh, it, you know, going straight into the profit, you know, not profits in the city, but, you know, straight into deposit of cash flow. And, uh, you know, you take a look at things like that and how they were able to do that. We're going to be outlining some of those case studies uh, on our website to really walk property owners through how we can, uh, you know, collectively achieve these goals. And so the Building Energy Exchange has a, a website that it, it's launching this week. The, the website should be launching very, very soon here, Sarah. Yeah, that's right. And you can go on there right now and sign up for our our, our newsletter um, uh, but at be-exstl.org uh, and that's where we will be launching the hub of information. And, and Katarina, there's also some resources coming from the city, even separate from what this building energy exchange is doing. If somebody's listening to this conversation, they're hearing about this for the first time and they're freaking out, what would you say is their first step beyond just waiting for their letter to come in the mail? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say go to our website, stlbenchmarking.com. Um, it's a great website with the resources we have. It gives you in detail steps how to comply. First, you have to create um, under EPA Energy Star Portfolio Manager your account, then you have to input all your energy usage into that account, and that's how you submit data report to us. Okay. We also provide free online training uh, how to how to deal with all the benchmarking, setting it up in energy portfolio, and you can find all that schedule on our website under training. 
Okay, so there's a lot of resources here. People really have no excuse uh, to, to bury their head in the sand, as some of us are wont to do. Kara, at the same time, I know how things go in St. Louis. I've, I've lived here just long enough to have a little sense of this. And I have a feeling that when these letters go out, um, there's going to be some building owners who are going to be freaking out. They're going to be contacting their mm-hmm. aldermen. Some of their aldermen might be like, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, are we going too far with this? What did we sign off on? What is happening here? Are you worried about there being some pushback, people getting some cold feet once the reality of what's happening sets in? Well, I mean, look, there's always a chance of some some things happening, but the city has outlined several paths to compliance. I mean, certainly if you're below the standard right off the bat, you're in compliance. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, there are uh, alternative pathways to compliance. There are uh, incentives for those who are willing to make investments on the front end and, and improve their energy performance significantly here this first quarter. So I'm, I'm confident that uh, we can, um, you know, articulate and educate uh, our property owners that this can be a really, really, really good thing. I mean, look, if we can harness sustainability and climate change as a major uh, attribute of the St. Louis region, we can start to grow our community again. We can start to rebrand ourselves as a really uh, a forward-thinking community. And I view this as an incredible opportunity for all of us to not only save money, make our buildings healthier, um, but make them um, uh, function better for the for the financial aspect, the bottom line of property owners. And this sounds like this is in line with what cities around the country are doing at this point. Um, Katerina, St. Louis is not necessarily first in line on this. That is correct. We are not the most stringent when we are asking building owners over 50,000 square feet to comply. Other cities as Washington, D.C., Denver, and Salt, uh, Salt Lake City are asking building owners over 20,000 square feet and San Francisco 10,000 square feet on certain Wow, so that's <laughs> buildings. A bit, that would yes. hit a lot more buildings. <laughs> so this is not so stringent. And yet, you know, there's kind of like two sides to this. There's we're a little bit behind some of these western cities or maybe east coast cities. Kara, you said we're the first in the Midwest for this? We are the first in the Midwest. Yep, that's right. Um, Denver recently passed a, a, an ordinance, but and, and many cities are looking at this. I mean, look, the Biden-Harris administration earlier this year uh, put together uh, a coalition of states and local governments uh, to support building energy performance standards, these exact types of local uh, regulations. And so this is going to be the way of the future. I mean, lo- uh, regulating these on a local level is really what um, is going to make our our nation more energy efficient and more uh, climate climate change ready. Katerina, this is something the yes. Biden White House is paying attention to. Yes, definitely. And St. Louis office was, as Kara mentioned, one of the first in the Midwest. And for the past five years, they were working with the White House Council. And now we are officially part of National Building Performance Standard Coalition. And we have our, our first working group online meeting tomorrow. Oh, so it's very yes, exciting. It's very exciting. <laughs> and you mentioned Kansas City is also launching one of these building energy exchanges. Where do things stand uh, with our, our sister Missouri City? Sure, yeah. I mean, they don't have the regulations in place, but they have a coalition. Their um, their equivalent of East-West Gateway uh, has come together to support their energy uh, performance hub. And so they have a, an enormous amount of political support out there, uh, and they're going to be uh, launching to be a source of uh, a resource uh, to help their building owners you know, get in what would be compliance uh, with an energy standard if they'd had it in place. But look, these, like you know, we've talked about, they make a lot of sense just to make these investments. So helping building owners make those decisions is really, really effective. Well, Kara Spencer, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thanks so much for having us. And Kara is the director of the Building Energy Exchange um, in St. Louis. That launches this This, week. Look for that website. Well, this week. And we're going to be having a live event at the Missouri History Museum, uh, 530 to 7 uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Our partners will be there. We'll have uh, some uh, delicious four-hands beer uh, and uh, other things. Uh, But it's going to be a great time. All right. Well, we'll also get information about that event on our website. That's stlonair.show for people who want to get their hands on that beer and learn more about this important program. Katerina Mikolova, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Katerina is the Interim Program Manager for the City's Office of Building Performance. And can you give us that website one more time? Yes, stlbenchmarking.com. That's a simple one, stlbenchmarking.com. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Sarah Fenske with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.